0: Hello and welcome to The New Conspiracist, the show that denies that wildfires are even happening unless you're Wokies, that posits the idea that suntan cream manufacturers could be actually involved in the invention of extreme weather, and features myself and my wonderful, intellectually genius sidekick, James Ball. How are we, Jamesy. Quite happy with that introduction, and I will release your
1: parents from captivity now. (laughs) Also, lovely promotion of our uh, Tier 4 Platinum Circle episode this week in the intro. Well, look, I mean, it's bloody hot out there.
0: But James, I've learned from the production staff that you are literally now refusing to come into the studios and using as an excuse the fact that you are in a room entirely walled by fabric. Well, as a little
1: preview for the content of this episode, and as a mark of respect for our guest, I'm recording from the most ladylike room that I could think of. I'm recording from my stepmother's sewing room, uh, as no trains are running, and so my microphone is literally uh, about six inches from a sewing machine, and behind my shoulder is a whole wall of fabrics. Isn't that nice?
0: You say it's, you know, your stepmother's sewing room and stuff, but, but, you know, I'm not so sure that this isn't the classic first step into becoming that guy that starts insulating rooms <laughs> so all the 5G waves, the microwaves, can't get in and affect your brain. Like, James, are you okay?
1: I think we all know the one thing I would never do
0: is do anything to stop 5G reaching me. So James, obviously we're very happy to have you in the sewing room, but who is our guest this week?
1: Well, I am going to have to look up, as I had some very exacting notes from her agent. Apparently, we have to say Britain's number one without dispute feminist. None of the others come anywhere close, it says here. It is none other than Caroline Criado Perez, OBE. It also says we have to say the OBE every time. Uh, Now, if I could briefly stop uh, taking the piss, Uh, Caroline is actually genuinely fucking incredible she managed to get sort of the female historical figure on the bank of england banknotes before anyone even thinks about going well they've got the queen on already haha as a result sadly of her efforts to do that ended up being part of a group of women who got twitter to actually put the report abuse button on tweets because it turns out asking for a woman on a banknote makes a lot of men very angry uh, that is nuts. She was instrumental in getting the statue of Millicent Fawcett in Parliament Square, which was outrageously somehow the first statue of a woman in there. And, you know, she's also written a nice book for ladies, which uh, happens to be, you know, and I'm in no way jealous of this, a number one Sunday Times bestseller and it is invisible women exposing data bias in a world designed for men. I have to mention that we actually share an agent, and, and I think Tracy would kill both of us <laughs> if we didn't mention the book. Um, so, yes, Caroline Criano Perez, uh, a really forensically brilliant campaigner, working on the data, the gender data gap, uh, doing it with a weekly newsletter, and you know.
0: A podcast that somehow isn't this one. You are, of course, listening to The New Conspiracist, the podcast that dives into the silly and serious world of conspiracy theories. So, James, what are we discussing this week with Caroline?
1: <laughs> Who hasn't had a chance to talk yet, as it should be. This is a male podcast for men. <laughs> we are talking about a conspiracy that initially might sound trivial, but may have some inner depths. We are asking, why don't more women's clothes have pockets? Wild. Wild.
0: Caroline, welcome to The New Conspiracist. Are you melting?
2: Hello. Yes, I am a little bit. I would like to thank James for that lovely introduction. That's the nicest he's ever been to me in my entire life. (laughs) The ratio of taking the piss to saying nice things was totally reversed from normal. I'm
0: so pleased that someone can actually relate to this. I mean, I am his co-host and he regularly (laughs) brutalises me. Just for the, for the likes. I think he just does it for the likes and the retweets.
2: It's the way he shows love. That's that's what you it's need to true. understand about We things. are here
0: actually to discuss your childhood <laughs> trauma today, James. Now-
2: <laughs> pockets was just a friend. Exactly. I was going to say, you, just you do
1: not have the time for that. You know, that's an eight-part special, Joel.
0: <laughs> there are some deep pockets of emotional <laughs> trauma
1: that we will be digging into. Um,
0: now, Caroline, I know for a fact that you are no fan of of conspiracy theories. Why are they such nonsense?
2: Um, <laughs> it's it's not so much. I mean, obviously, conspiracy theories are nonsense. I just don't really care about them that much. It's not really my vibe. It's not really my thing. Um, so when I'm asked to come up with a conspiracy theory, my mind just goes blank because I just think, uh, aliens, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How about this? I've heard it said that, uh, you know, one of the greatest conspiracies through history is the patriarchy so do we not care about the patriarchy? Does is that is that all bullshit?
2: That's not a conspiracy, James. That's the systematic oppression of women by men.
1: Is that not the definition of a conspiracy? What <laughs> one group stamping I don't down know. another. This is my
2: po- <laughs> <laughs> I thought a conspiracy was like the US didn't actually land on the moon. I mean Whoa. that's that's one too. You define a conspiracy for me. I thought it was just like people believing something that is based on no evidence whatsoever. And we have quite a lot of evidence for the patriarchy, I would posit. if in fact, I wrote a whole book called *Invisible Women*. You might have heard of it. It was a number one Sunday Times bestseller. What? I didn't know that. And um, it was all about detailing, in exquisite detail. <laughs> I am a great writer. Um, the systematic undercollection of data on women, and and I would call that a um, pretty strong evidence for the existence of a patriarchy. What do you have to say to that?
1: I mean, there's a lot of people who would say they've got a lot of evidence that the moon landings were faked, uh, or that JFK was sort of got. Um, I think the difference between a conspiracy theory and a conspiracy is a conspiracy is an actual sort of Uh agreement by a group of people to Uh act against another.
2: Yes. Yeah. Are you talking about conspiracy theories? What's my favourite conspiracy theory or what's my favourite conspiracy?
1: Either. We talk about both of them either.
2: Right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm afraid I've not listened to the podcast.
1: Oh, my God. Outrageous. (laughs) Jolyon's trying to laugh through this here, but, you know, if you could see the video, he's actually crying.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, let's get back to today's topic. What is this uh, topic that we're going to discuss today? And I believe it's something that you've already looked into in quite a lot of depth.
2: Yeah, so this is something that makes me very cross And it's about the lack of pockets in women's clothes and why it is that men have really great pockets, loads of pockets. Some might say an overabundance of pockets in all of their clothing. (laughs) And uh, women are lucky to get... One really tiny pocket that you can maybe fit half a cheese cracker in, um, but which you're certainly not fitting (laughs) a smartphone Have you tried
1: fitting half a cheese uh, cracker in? it's incredibly irritating. That's not usually where I keep my cheese crackers.
2: Well, all right. Since you're in a sewing room, James, uh, a thimble. Yeah. I would like to be able to fit a thimble into my pocket. Ah,
1: very ladylike.
2: And very often I can't fit my pet (laughs) thimble into my pocket. And it's very upsetting. Does
1: your pet symbol have a name? Is it thimble
2: <laughs> It will be now. It will be now.
0: <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> Caroline, I was listening to an episode of your podcast where you actually looked at Marks and Spencer's Percy Pig pyjamas. What revelations did you find in this undercover investigation into the Depth <laughs> of Pockets?
2: Well, it was a very serious... Episode of our podcast, and we had some, as you mentioned, very important investigative elements. And one of them was breaking into Marks and Spencer through the front door (gasps) as a shopper. Intrigue! And going and counting all the pockets on the men's pajamas versus all the pockets on the women's pajamas. And every single set of pajamas that we found in the men's wear department had pockets, at least two massive uh, pockets on the trousers, so big that I could fit not only a thimble, but my entire hand and halfway up my forearm. (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) Wait, did you fist the pyjamas?
2: Yes, I did. One of them them had a back pocket as well on the bum, which... I also put my hand in and was also very capacious. My goodness,
0: <laughs> this has descended much more quickly than I was expecting. I didn't think we'd be recording filth.: Yeah. This is a family-friendly podcast.
2: No, there's a clincher. And, the, and that is that we went upstairs to the women's department and there were no pockets for me to put my hands in, sadly. there were like two pairs of pyjamas that had some trouser pockets. Some of the other pyjamas had a pocket, but it was a little chest pocket. That probably could fit a thimble into, but nothing else. That was very sad. But on the, on the sort of topic of uh, pockets being very dirty and degenerate, well, that is actually how historically men have viewed women's pockets. Yeah. So if you look back at history- Really? Yes, if you look back at history, men have been really suspicious of women's pockets. They've been like, what does she keep in there? That's a little place that I can't go. I don't like it. And there are all these court cases of women who've like had their pockets stolen or have lost their pockets. I should explain that women used to wear tie-on pockets, which we can get into. But in those court cases, you have um, records of male barristers just talking about the women's pockets like there was something very, very untoward going on. You know, what does she need a pocket for? Why has she got to have a secret place to put her stuff No lady would have a pocket. In fact, all ladies (laughs) had pockets.
1: Is it like a privacy thing then? Sort of, if she's got a pocket, she's got something to hide. Sort of like the home office with
0: encrypted messages It it was kind
2: of like that. But the patriarchy version, James. You see, more evidence for the patriarchy.
0: (laughs) Just going back to this Marks and Spencers thing, sorry. What I found so extraordinary was that they had the gumption to, when you tweeted them, to ask, what's the deal here? Did they literally not actually tweet you back and say, it's too expensive?
2: Yeah. So that was very interesting. So the whole Percy Pig pocket uh, palaver started when... um,
0: Percy Pig pocket gate.
2: Yeah, pocket gate. (laughs) When someone tweeted and included me in the tweet, every Christmas, Marks and Spencer releases like family sets of pyjamas that families buy. And they dress various members of the family, including the kids,
1: I mean, that sounds unbearably twee. <laughs> in
2: the matching pajama sets, you've got the lady pajamas and you've got the gentleman pajamas and the kids.
1: Can I ask? Are these sold in sets? Like, are these very heteronormative?
2: They are very heteronormative. What if you've got James? two mummies? But, but they're not sold in sets. So in the advertising, it is oh, okay. a man, and a okay. woman, and the kids. However, they're sold separately. So you could buy two men's ones should you choose to.
1: Just making um, plans for Christmas.
2: <laughs> so this. This, uh, this set, as in fact happens with a lot of their sets, the men's had the pockets and the matching women's ones had the tiny little chest pocket. And the Marks & Spencer um, social media account replied saying, uh, if we were to put pockets in women's trousers, that we give you a nice little chest pocket, which obviously that's all women have ever wanted for Christmas is a pointless chest pocket. And um, <laughs> if we put uh, pockets in your trousers, it would cost too much. And at the moment, the men's set costs the same as the women's set. So then I replied to them saying, but why? You know, what is it about women's trousers that would make it so much more expensive to put pockets in them? And m did not reply. And in the podcast, we really tried very hard to get them to answer this question. And they just... Blood on about contemporary style preferences.
1: Do lady pockets have to be made with silk or gold or
2: something? No, these...
1: <laughs> I wish I hadn't used the word lady pockets I mean, now. I,
2: you have, and I really hope it gets included in the episode. Um, Golden
0: pockets.
2: <laughs> no, we're just looking for standard pockets, and um, they would not tell us any more about what these... Contemporary style preferences were if they had collected any data that would suggest that women want a tiny little chest pocket as opposed to useful pockets. Um, I, however, have collected data, although, well, not me personally, but I accidentally commissioned a YouGov survey on... (laughs) there are not women want
0: pockets of course you this did. is amazing <laughs> of course accidental you did accidental YouGov yeah. surveys is this suddenly turning into an episode of Brass Eye
1: <laughs> yeah some of us sort of you know get, get drunk and accidentally you know drunk by a TV or something you drunk commission YouGov you um, yeah pretty much had a few pretty, wines pretty and much. you know next thing I knew I had uh, you know a balanced poll of a thousand people across I the mean, UK I actually demographically did. sorted by age I did and
2: <laughs> disaggregated between men and women which is what i always like to see and it turns out that uh, women do in fact want pockets which is i'm sure a shock to everyone but anyway that suggests to me these contemporary style preferences are total nonsense but that is the sad story of the percy pig pocket gate
1: The thing that kind of baffles me is I think it's kind of bullshit. I think you could easily get pockets on skirts or whatever. You know, they could ruin the line of men's suits just as much as they could ruin the line of anything else. You know, people choose what to put in them. But for pyjamas, like I know. you know, pajamas, like that's something you wear at home that's meant to be useful. Like, why would you not want them in? I'll them? tell you
2: why, James. It's a conspiracy. Against women. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
1: See, you are into I conspiracies. Am. I am. It is the I patriarchy. I take it all back.
2: Um, so, of course, there's always the conspiracy theory that it's big handbag, and big handbag doesn't want pockets.
1: Yeah, you see, I think I sign up to this. Like, if you could sell someone, like, a £300 handbag...
2: Well, but that doesn't make any sense for pyjamas.
1: Yeah, but maybe... If you put the pockets in the pyjamas... Like,
2: no-one carries... I, I don't know how many women you know, James, <laughs> but let me tell you, we don't carry handbags around the house. He doesn't know many.
1: He doesn't know a, many. Hand, hand man, the women I know carry handbags around their houses, like, obsessively.
2: Because <laughs> 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 we don't have pockets!
1: Contradicting yourself. <laughs> I, just, I just want to suggest a theory on the handbag one, though. If they started putting pockets in women's pyjamas... Uh-huh that would show how easy it would be to put pockets in women's trousers. So it'd be easy yeah. to put them in the skirts. And then that's it. You have just killed, you know, the Gucci handbag, you know, let alone the sort of uh, £13,000 ones that the oligarchs buy, etc. Just think about, you know, all of the hardworking uh, handbag makers. Well, first
2: of all rather like conspiracy theories, I don't care. And <laughs> second of all, I just think that they'll probably still buy their fancy handbags. You know, you can't you can't fit everything into a pocket. Although, you know, to return to the pockets of yore, you could. These were enormous pockets. So, do you know about the history of pockets?
1: I do not.
0: Well, I, I am. I do a little bit. I mean, I've been looking into this stuff a little bit since we started t- talking about potentially doing this episode. And what I had no idea was that, I mean, something that I found quite hilarious was that in the French Revolution, there was actually a movement to say that, that women could not have a functional pocket because there were rumors that the, both the internal and external pockets were banished to make sure that women were prevented from concealing revolutionary material. I mean, it, it sounds like an amazing gag.
2: I mean, I buy that. You can't have women having dangerous revolutionary thoughts of their own. I mean, a woman having thoughts is in itself dangerous and revolutionary at that that era, men would have been very scared of that. Terrifying. And, and terrifying. you know, in also terms of the conspiracy rich. element, that is part of the conspiracy. So women carried on having these big tie-on pockets actually into the 19th and slightly the early 20th century, um, but it really started dying out towards the sort of end of the 19th century. And the there is a strange coincidence in, as women gained rights they lost their pockets and there was a sense that pockets wow. yeah huh. and there was a sense that pockets were seen as tied up with the suffrage movement and so there is a lot of commentary about these women you know being very unladylike and demanding rights and sticking their hands in their pockets and who knows what they've got in their pockets there's a potential conspiracy theory that i could see you making Around that, One of the things I really love about the whole pocket history is that apparently there was like at least 100 years of mainly sort of fashion people trying to convince women that they didn't want to wear their tie on pockets because they were unfashionable. And it just didn't take. Women carried on wearing the tie on pockets because they wanted their pockets. And I just kind of loved that. The women were just like, no, fuck off. I'm going to carry on wearing my pockets. Totally. This stupid reticule is is completely useless and uh, just doesn't, you know, fulfill my pocket desires at all. So... I enjoyed that. What
0: I find fascinating is the stuff about, like, these instructional manuals for women, like revolutionary women, on how to sew their own pockets into skirts, which apparently became much more popular and increasingly, as women sought more independence from the patriarchy, you know, and this was sort of pushed in the 1800s where there was a campaign led by the Rational Dress Society, which was fighting Mm -hmm. for women's clothing to be more functional. But how much of this is... Because as you said, because you mentioned the suffragette movement, and apparently in 1910, there was a suffragette suit with no less than six pockets, which caused all <laughs> kinds of rage in this Can I just briefly cut point. in and go, if you're ever going to set up a
1: fashion line, Rational Dress Society would be such a good brand.
0: It just sounds like a place in East London that you'd go after the Working Yeah, I can club. see
2: it really banging on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah,
0: yeah, totally. That's really going to get all the likes. But look, just because when we first started talking about it, it reminded me. Me of you know, the ever-changing nature of the Coca-Cola um bottle in relation to what was seen as the most male gaze sexualized version of what a women's figure was like to be most pleasing. I mean, is this just <laughs> I a hope, case? I've
2: actually never heard that before. Wait, oh, you, you must have <laughs> the Coca-Cola bottle is designed like a sexy lady.
1: So in the yeah, 90s. 19- yeah, you're supposed to want to fuck the bottle, yes. I
2: mean, I've heard that men will fuck anything, but uh, surely. Sh-
0: <laughs> that is that is literally true listen it's the cis white man's role to be boring and problematic and bring the fire but, but I, I guess am,
1: you are here as the rep- representative
0: well the chief representative of the patriarchy today exactly, am, i'm here in that capacity um in the studio controlling the buttons
2: so can i just just since you're in there in that capacity could i ask what was discussed at the latest patriarchy agm because like it would be good to have some insider knowledge.
0: Well, it was very interesting, actually. You know, honestly, women are getting a bit much. It's <laughs> probably something to do with their periods. Uh, and they need to just shut up and get in the kitchen. And that was the right. general overwhelming majority <laughs> view. And when is the majority view ever wrong? <laughs> no, never. I can't think uh, of any time uh, is, it's Is, ever is what wrong. history teaches us. Back to the Coca-Cola bottle. So
2: Which I'll never be able to look at the in the same way again. The evolution yes.
0: of the bottle itself when Marilyn Monroe was the fated sexualized symbol poured into the brains of millions around the world, they made the bottle more voluptuous, and more uh, rounded around the waist, uh, had more back, I think they would say, in a modern hip hop uh, video, and then it became a, a more slender, more androgynous bottle as the desire for more stick-like women uh, evolved in the '80s and the '90s. And I just wonder, do you think that really this is just to do with hypersexualization and the idea of sort of figure hugging clothing and the fact that women couldn't have pockets because uh, that basically meant we couldn't see enough of their bodies?
2: Um, I don't really think that that's what it's about, because if that were the case, then you'd have pockets in non-figure hugging clothes and you're just as likely to find a very non true figure-hugging dress or some non-figure-hugging trousers that don't have pockets as you are um, any other kind of clothes. So, I mean, what do I really think is behind it? I think it says a lot about how we view women in society. You know, I'm probably... um, on board with the Rational Dress Society. And I think the problem is that we view women as there to add decoration. There is no sense that women might want their clothes to be practical. The only concern a woman is meant to have with is how she looks. And of course, that's just not the reality of women's lives. We've got... Mm. Um, other things, amazingly, that sometimes we think about and that we need to do. We sometimes need to...
0: I'm sorry, what? As the member of the patriarchy... (laughs) Housekeeping and child rearing, right?
2: And women, for some time now, have had access to phones that we like to carry around with us, you know, so we can watch our TikTok videos about makeup. These are
0: very dangerous inventions. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I mean, you know, there, there was the patriarchy's first mistake. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to put put a proposition to you, CCP. Uh-huh. You know, Sydney Lauper said girls just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. You say girls just want to have pockets. I do. I wonder. It's what girls really want. Bum bags, because like <laughs> these sort of you know ye oldie pockets that you talk about, they were sort of one pocket around a string, weren't they? But weren't they like quite often worn under like the they clothing? Were. Sort of they were. You know, like when you go on holiday to Paris and you get told everyone to pickpocket, so all the American <laughs> tourists put them uh, put like the little mini bum bags yeah. under the clothes. That's that was sort of the goal, wasn't it? Back in the day, yeah,
2: that is kind of what they were. And I actually did an experiment where I sewed my own tie-on pocket by hand and then wore it out and about on a day in London.
1: (laughs) How did that go?
2: It did not go very well. Um, I flashed basically all of london every time i tried to get something out of my pocket or put it back into my pocket
0: now that's what the patriarchy's talking about that's the sort of behaviour we want from women just flashing their bits just for the male gaze
1: i can see high fashion coming out with this next year now they know this so
2: back in the day women had slits in their dresses that would enable them to access the pocket and that was something that i was missing from my dress it did not have any slits in the dress and so that was really what what made it so unhelpful. But the other thing was, of course, that you can only really wear it with a very big baggy dress, right? It really limits your clothes options. I couldn't really wear it with jeans, which is what I wear most of the time. I couldn't wear it with any dress that wasn't basically a tent. (laughs) So that was another sort of black mark against the underdress bum bag idea. But generally, you know, I just sort of, I don't want to have to add another thing to my outfit. I want to put on my trousers, stick my phone in my pocket and get out the house. So
1: I I have to say, I think I've thought of of like a really clever way through this whole pockets conundrum.
2: Is it to add pockets into women's clothes?
1: (laughs) That seems like it's not going to happen. That's
2: probably the obvious solution. You know,
1: what does the patriarchy care about? Men. So... You know, I was at Primavera not all that long ago, and I went to Primavera, famously in Barcelona, in really hot weather, uh, in black jeans. G- I know
2: you went to Primavera. Do you know how I know you went to Primavera?
1: Because I tweeted about it all the time?
2: No, because you missed my birthday party. Oh,
1: yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> I forgot <about> that. <laughs> um, Well, I hadn't. I'm very sorry. I was devastated to miss it. Uh, I'm still <laughs> in tears. Obviously, you got the lavish present I sent you by way of apology, unless, you know, someone in your household stole it. It was a pocket. <laughs> hand sewed by myself. So
0: anyway, come on then. What did you discover in your research in primavera? So
1: my research in primavera, I found myself looking quite enviously at like the number of guys who'd gone there in like long swishy skirts. Oh. And I think I think as we're getting to hotter and hotter weather, you're starting to see more guys go, you know what? Fuck this, skirts look amazing. <laughs> uh, and like quite often, you know, even my gay brethren aren't going for like sort of super chiffonny skirts. They're going for like black, knee you know, just below the knee length type thing.
0: Practical man skirts.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, as soon as I saw the days, I was like, yeah, I would 1,000% start wearing these all summer. But yeah. no pockets. Yeah. And fuck that. So unisex skirts. I think, you know, whichever fashion brand comes up with unisex skirts, pockets on for the men because no man will ever accept a garment without uh, pockets. We have some self-respect. And actually, even as far I think as soon as that happens, you may start to get your pockets. Is is that not the wonderful fix for us all?
2: It's a very interesting idea and it ties in quite well, actually, with my approach, which is I have a strict no pockets, no purchase policy. I just wanted to say that because you said no man would ever have the lack (laughs) of self-respect to buy an item of clothing without pockets. And I just wanted to say, I don't.
1: I will be honest, <laughs> there might have been a tiny bit of bait in that no, sentence.
0: No, no. Guys, do you want to hear what Christian Dior said in 1954 about pockets for women?
2: Yes. I think I might have heard this quote. It's going to make me really cross.
0: What I think so funny is that the way it's described is he explained the phenomenon of women wanting to have pockets, <laughs> the phenomenon, right, which I think is just those brilliant. Those wacky
2: ladies. Oh, those
1: silly women not knowing what they need.
0: <laughs> and this is what I love about it. So, like, ofs. Men have pockets to keep things in. Women for decoration. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but That's in Christian what, yours In what take.
2: way is a pocket decoration?
0: Well, if you're a woman, you know, you just want lovely, frilly, decorative pockets.
2: It's not decorative.
0: I I feel like let's try something high stakes
1: here. Joel, one by one, tell us what's in your (laughs) pockets.
0: Okay, All right. So in my pockets currently are an Alka-Seltzer. I mean, no lady needs that. (laughs) She's got no digestive issues. Some vocal zones. Ladies don't need to talk. I've got some keys. I've got some AirPods. I've got... I've got some receipts. No woman should be engaging in commerce. Yeah, I've got some (laughs) tissues. My God, it's like the never ending (laughs) thing. I've got a vape. I've got my phone. And that's it.
2: Can I counter this with uh, reading out this amazing advert from 1754? Amazing. Of what a woman had in her pockets. Yes, please do. Among other things... Right, so let's bear in mind, this is not an exhaustive list. <laughs> a small round tortoiseshell snuffbox. <laughs> a London almanac. <laughs> an ivory carved toothpick case.
0: Fucking hell. <laughs>
2: a silver sliding pencil. A white Cornelian seal. A tortoiseshell comb in a case. A silver thimble. Thimble, we'll need one of those. And bodkin. We do.
1: Good old simple leader. <laughs>
2: A bunch of keys, a red leather pocketbook, a green knit purse, a crown piece of William and Mary, five shillings, and two glass smelling bottles.
1: (laughs) I now immediately want to be best friends with her. (laughs) She sounds ace. I mean, other than the William and Mary portrait, I mean, come on,
0: that's a bit bad. Okay, let's break down this list. Let's break down this list. Okay. So what's number one on our list again,
2: Caroline? It's a small, round tortoiseshell snuff box.
0: Okay, so fair enough. Women are into snuff. Yeah. We've given them snuff. That's okay. Men have had snuff for a while. <laughs> We've decided it's okay for women to have snuff. As long as they don't have too much and get out of control and all emotional about it. Okay, so as the representative of the patriarchy... I'm okay with that. That's that's going to pass in the meeting. Okay, what have we good. got next? I'm glad
2: you're happy with the snuffbox. The next is a London almanac.
0: Now, is this basically an A to Z?
2: Isn't it also like events? They're sort of oh, full of like folk wisdom, are aren't yes. they? Yes. Almanacs so. were
1: quite chunky things, weren't they? Like, you know, we're not talking iPod here. We're sort of talking mini dictionary. And isn't it
2: like a guide to the year? Yes. yes an annual publication of prospective events. Oh, so
0: social so that, so events. So this is a
2: lady about town. Yeah, with okay. We're okay with that. You know, and she's just like, what am I doing next? I'm surprised you're okay with that.
0: Listen, as long as she's with a guardian at all times that has a penis, right? Uh, at least one then that's fine with a Patreon. Well,
2: at least one penis. I, I
0: mean, presumably she's got a man who can read it to her. Exactly. Well, yeah, she can't read, obviously. That's terrifying. <laughs> Women that can read. Not. Let's <laughs> I, go on I, to the next one. I feel to- like
1: if we carry on going through this bag, we're going to commit about six different hate crimes. So uh,
2: uh, I'm slightly concerned about it. So
1: um, are they selling the pocket contents at all? Is this like <laughs> a kind of job lot? Or, or are they just going, hey, if you got this amazing pocket... You could carry this badass stuff around. <laughs> no,
2: it was an ad. Amazing for a pair of pockets stolen by a highway robber. What? Yeah, he stole her pockets.
0: What was the reward? for And this for poor these pockets? woman
2: didn't have any smelling bottles.
0: When we're saying smelling bottles, are we talking smelling salts here, or are we talking perfume?
2: I'm assuming it's like smelling salts. Yes, you know, Good. which yeah. she would have had need of after being robbed. By a highway robber. Yes. So in many ways, his greatest crime was stealing (laughs) her smelling bottles.
1: Is this not why women shouldn't have pockets, though? This woman had all of these... Awesome things, you know, a snuff box, a pocketbook, an almanac. Because she was walking around with pockets, some thief got it. You know, if a man had been carrying it for her, everything could have been fine. She
0: does sound quite badass, this woman, I've got to say, like these crazy implements she's carrying around.
1: And then just putting an advert going, this fucker took my pockets, <laughs> take <laughs> his head.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I can, I can tell you something. So there is um, a practice called nesting. And this is because women's pockets were so big that they needed their own organisation system. So they had these little boxes and, and things that, to put things in that they had in their pocket as a little organisation system.
1: These are definitely just handbags that you wear, aren't they? Like, this is not a pocket. This is a pocket with its own pockets. This is like fractal pockets.
2: That is the reaction that my producer had to the tie-on pockets. <laughs> she was just like, but what makes it different from a bag? It is
1: a bum bag. It's a bum bag.
2: Except it's under your clothes. So I guess that's what makes it the pocket, is that it's interior wear.
0: <laughs> On that bombshell, we're going to have to start wrapping up this party. Um, and we've got to the part of the podcast where we have to decide whether this theory is a fact or a forgazi if it's fake news. So, Caroline. I come to you first. That's because ladies can't have the last word. And I ask you very, very simply, Caroline, why don't women's clothes have pockets? Is it a conspiracy of the patriarchy or is it as bad as 5G?
2: It is a conspiracy of the patriarchy because it's very clear that it is all to do with exactly what Christian Dior said that women are there to be decorative and men get pockets because they get to put things in them.
0: James, what does your fact-monstering brain say? Is this a conspiracy or a conspiracy theory?
1: So I've had to needle Caroline throughout this throughout because I just completely agree with her. It's so weird and unacceptable to me. And like learning some of the historical bullshit with it, fascinating. But most of the time you can make some sense of these things. I still don't get why... There aren't at least more options with pockets on for women now. And it just seems really weird to me that the industry's moved so slowly when so many other things have moved. So, yeah, definite conspiracy, even if I don't quite know who's behind it these days.
0: Well, as the uh, member of the patriarchy here, I'd just like to say this is absolute nonsense. This is female hysteria. <laughs> no. I joke, of course. I completely agree. I find it quite extraordinary that in 2022, this hasn't been sorted out. So Caroline, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to deal with this this nightmare for women? Okay,
2: this is very interesting. I have certain options that people can choose to follow. One is to join me in my one woman boycott of my no pockets, no purchase policy. I like that. I feel like if there was more than just one woman doing this, we might get somewhere. I
1: feel we could make that a um, hashtag. <laughs> yeah, one woman, one pocket. <laughs>
2: the, the, <laughs> the other option, and this one costs a bit more money, and I really need a very rich pocket uh, investor for this, is to create a pocket aggregator website.
0: Amazing, amazing. Um, <laughs>
2: that aggregates all the clothes for women That have pockets. Now, the problem with this is that a lot of websites don't list whether or not the the clothes have pockets or not. What? So you'd need to train an algorithm to be able to spot whether or not the clothes have pockets or not and then pull them into a website.
1: I mean, there's, there's quite a few women who have recently divorced, you know, multiple yeah. billionaires, you know, Jeff yeah. Bezos, Bill Gates, you know, Melinda Gates, if you're listening, and I know you are. It's
2: funny you said that. <laughs> we actually thought about contacting Mackenzie Scott <laughs> and, and then decided Amazing. that maybe uh, she should be funding other things instead of our pocket aggregator website. <laughs>
1: Caroline, just very quickly before we go, you do campaign and uh, look into issues affecting women beyond pockets. Uh, I do. Very quickly... You know, where can people follow it and what else are you looking into at the moment?
2: Well, we've been doing the podcast, which has been a continuation of my book where we've looked at some of the issues that I raised in the book and what we can do to try and fix them. So things like car crash test dummies not being designed around the female body, medical field not accounting for the female body, PPE not being designed for the female body and sort of various ways that that's been fixed. Um, The episode that's coming up next is looking at when gender data goes bad. So it's looking at when data on women, instead of not being collected, is collected, but is used against them and in a violation of their privacy and looking at that in the context of Roe v. Wade.
0: And what's that podcast called?
2: Oh, it's called Visible Women.
0: And Caroline, where can people find you online if they're not already following
2: you? Uh, Well, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And I also write a newsletter, which goes out pretty much once a week, although I sometimes take a week off. And that is uh, newsletter.carolinecreatoperez.com. And I sometimes write about pockets.
0: (laughs) And you, dear listener, can get involved with our podcast and tell us what you thought about the pocket debates or any other information that you want at hello at newconspiracist.com. I've been Jolly and Rubenstein. I've been joined by my wonderful sidekick, James Ball. And from us and from Caroline, it's good night. You've been listening to The New Conspiracist with James Ball and me, Jolly and Rubenstein. Our producer was Hayley Clark, our engineers Jay Beal, Josh Gibbs, Gully Lawrence Tickle and Teddy Riley. Production coordinator was Lily Hambly, our marketing coordinator Emily Webb and our executive producer Alex Lawless with additional production from Chris Skinner.